healthcare system is broken, but it doesn't have to be. This is Revenue Cycle Optimized by Infinix Healthcare. We discuss the latest challenges in the revenue cycle space and provide actionable tips on how to overcome them at your organization. We are here today with Omar Gray, a VP of Acute Care Operations. Welcome, Omar. Great to see you today. Hey, hi, Deb. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, we're going to explore how you can leverage key revenue cycle metrics today. Very important topic. That's not only because they're important for day-to-day performance at hospitals and health systems, but they also provide the hospital and the practice management insight into how the organization is operating. And today that is more crucial than than ever before. So let's start, Omar, by asking you what revenue cycle metrics are key metrics within the health system or the hospital? Yeah, Deb, here's what I will say. uh, And I'll name a few core ones here. You know, starting out with cash. Cash is king. And so understanding cash collected versus target you know, is extremely important, right? It provides or, you know, you're, you're, you're able to gauge how effectively you're, you're collecting against uh, net patient service revenue. And then from there, uh, you also get a solid pulse on reimbursement, right? I would also list as my number two is days in AR. I think that's extremely important because it also, days in AR provides a layout of uh, how you're performing, how you're churning through AR, what's giving you headaches along the way, uh, as you continue to serve your community or patients. Uh, my number three is denials. Denials are, are extremely important as well, right? If you think about denials, it's almost like burning uh, the candle at both both ends, right? You have your initial denials, which is your, your inflow, and you have your write-offs. And it's where you're, you're truly unsuccessful with getting paid on that particular claim from a payer. Uh, and then my fourth one, I'm a bucket two together, which is bad debt and charity. And that's really patient-centric, and that's really getting a gauge or understanding uh, how well are you collecting from your patients, uh, ensuring that they know their their patient responsibility up front prior to uh, them having their service. Uh, But it also takes a deep dive to provide insight on how well your financial counseling program uh, is effective. Interesting that you include bad debt and charity care, because I think many hospitals across the country saw that increase exponentially since COVID hit with patients who didn't have insurance, but were extremely sick and and needed to go into the hospital anyway. And there's no saying no, right? There's only getting hit on the bottom line. You're exactly right. And, you know, I I think kind of twofold, right? You saw, you know, you saw um, the government provide some subsidies, uh, to hospital, but you're at, you're absolutely right. You know, you had, um, it, you know, healthcare became really, really tricky to understand what was COVID related and and uh, understanding how you distinguish or what you could build the patient for. And so um, you really had to, you know, embed or input some controls uh, within operations to really drive and be effective. Absolutely. Tell us what should be considered some of the drivers within these metrics, specifically for revenue cycle purposes, like you know KPI. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, definitely having some strong um, KPIs are important. You know, just starting out with AR for an example. 
you know, having strong business analytics or business intelligence tools to really drive results, to be able to harness your AR and break it out in 30-day increments to, to understand where there's growth, you know, are you successful? What's, you know, what's providing headaches? What works, what works well, what doesn't, you know, is, is extremely important. Um, for, for an example, I'll use DNFD, which is discharge, not final build. And I like to think about DNFD as um, uh, broken out in three components, right? You have your, your coding, your coding area embedded within this DNFD. You have your deficiencies or documentation deficiencies, which could be position documentation, uh, which has to be there to code. And then you have your, your other technical components. You could have uh, edits or, or other pre-edit items built within that, that clogs the younger AR up and you need to be able to drive or identify what that number or what that day uh, would be within that DNFB to ensure your young AR is, is clean to get a, a claim on the door to the pair as fast as possible. Uh, so those are a few examples, but another uh, indicator or lever that I always like to kind of throw in there is your relationships. And I think your relationships are both important uh, internally and externally. And internally could be uh, the nurse, the physician, uh, and externally would be more or less the payer, right? Um, having those payer reps um, on speed dial or, or having someone that can help you with a bulk issue or a unique issue uh, to get your claim processed. So you mentioned coding. I'm very curious, and I know we have a lot to get to, but I'm curious. When it comes to coding, what is what do you see with your clients across the country? Because, you know, when the coding system changed and it seemed that there were a lot of people who weren't trained, they didn't catch up. Um, there were multiple different codes that got them caught up and they were losing money there. Have people caught up with training on, on the coding? I, I think it's a, it's a hodgepodge. Uh, and, and again, I think it's, it's an effective or it's more proactive how proactive you are. Uh, so if you really, you know, plan for it, uh, you're your coding team up to what's underway, have really strong tools or or yeah, from an upgrade perspective. Right. I mean, we've seen it in Epic, Cerner, 3M, you know, depending on what that tool is, uh, it takes a village. Right. And so I mean, if you have a real strong rigor within your training program and, uh, you know, leverage um, uh, leadership CDI specific things that send, that tends to stick out along the way, you can be much more uh, effective and proactive as changes occur. In your earlier answer, you mentioned physicians and nurses as partners in the process, and that's another whole webinar actually. But could you just give us a brief overview of what you see as the important role they play as partners? Absolutely. So if, if you think about it from a metrical standpoint, right, um, I mean, you you get a long length of stay. And as that coder is actually churning through that chart to, to get it coded and um, they just realize, hey, I'm missing an H&P, I'm missing a discharge sum summary. You know, that documentation is critical and important to have at hand at the point of, I'm going to call it past suspense, you know, to be able to... Um, to code whatever is needed uh, based on those services rendered. If it's not there, things tend to, to age age out. And we know that physicians and providers are busy, so we don't want it to become out of sight, out of mind for them. 
to whereas, you know, things go so far in age that, you know, now we're at 30 days. And a lot of organizations, they try to embed controls such as uh, like deficiency policies for positions, right? To say, okay, hey, you have X number of days uh, to get this document in, depending on that, you know, point of care, whether it's an ED visit or an inpatient visit, you know, things of such are really important, right? Not having an order is is, is huge. Uh, payers have become really, really tactical and uh, delaying payment of claim by doing pre and post audit. And so if that documentation isn't there when they make that request, uh, things from an AR perspective begin to age out. And so, you know, everyone in healthcare knows the longer it takes to get paid on it, the likelihood of getting paid on it becomes very slim. So if you're able to churn through and have the appropriate controls and as effective as, as possible up front, you have a better success rate of getting paid on your claims. We'll tag you for a webinar and all of that. That will be <laughs> next up. <laughs> but we'll pay attention to the topic at hand today, which is revenue cycle and key metrics. So tell us, what are some of the typical challenges, and there are many, that health systems and hospitals are experiencing today with these key metrics? And I know we can ask you to speak to two in in particular, AR deterioration and denial management. Absolutely. Uh, Starting with AR deterioration, you know, I I think... uh, We've seen a lot through the pandemic, you know, uh, one that's really prevalent in the market right now, and I've seen it with quite a few commercial payers is, is the uh, pre and post audit. And, and, you know, the many examples go like this. It's uh, you get a 25K claim. The payer is asking for a medical record or itemized bill each encounter. You know, they their process isn't really geared to electronically process it on their end. And so it's almost a snail mail process if you can't upload the documentation into their portal or you're not allowed to even send the documentation until they request it. And so, you know, that one is a really it's a monster. Right. And if you think about it, if you have to wait on them to process it right, payers, you know, were plagued with the same same staffing challenges we saw in terms of. Uh, with, with the pandemic, right? We were short staff having to work from the hospital side. They are as well. And so, you know, when you put tactical uh, traps in there, it makes, that's AR deterioration. And so you have to figure out how to be effective and work with that payer and say, you know, hey, look, you know, we need to probably call an audible on what you're, you're trying to institute or deploy uh, to do these audits you know, until you can kind of get things in sync on your end. But on the flip side is uh, you just have to have those working relationships with the payer uh, to be effective there and also work with your managed care or payer contracting team as well. Yeah, I think relationships are everything, aren't they? Absolutely, for sure. Um, so what about yeah, denial mean, yeah, with, with denial management, um, some pointers there, you know, again, burning that candle at both ends, right? So understanding inflow, you know, I would really, I always use the term uh, based on my earlier consultant days, uh, is a Six Sigma acronym called MEG, right? And that's define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. And so, you know, denials are, are health systems, health organizations, one of their biggest headaches around compensated care, um, uh, care items. 
And what I would say here is, is that uh, understanding your root cause from an initial from an initial denial perspective is will be your first star. But you also have to um, bring in your group of uh, stakeholders. Right. It could be your physician. It could be your you, you know, you, you're getting in a doctor orders a um a test or diagnostic test with contrast and realize he didn't really need contrast. Well, at this time, you've already have got the uh, one with contrast authorized. And so, you know, at this point of, of bill, they may or may not pay it because what you service wasn't what you had authorized. And so, you know, you really have to hone on on those type of things to really understand from a stakeholder uh, perspective, who do I bring into this party? Who do I invite to this party to understand how can we change the process, the behavior, that type of thing to really be able to drive results, but also understand where you've been by reviewing write-offs uh, to understand where you need to go, because that's really going to be your opportunity. And, um, you know, once you're able to go in and, uh, and I'm going to, you know, using the eye, uh, make those improvements as well as to see, provide some controls to be able to, uh, you know, to turn the ship around. You know, I think that's really, really important. And that works, you know, from authorizations to timely filing, ensuring you have the right uh, controls, uh, technology in place to provide alerts to say, OK, hey, I'm, you know, this bill is uh, needs to be out in 90 days. Here we are approaching day 88 and we hadn't gotten a claim out of the door because we're missing something. So, again, it takes a village. Uh, but again, being able to know where you've been uh, to understand where you need to go. So what kind of platform is best suited to give them that kind of, it sounds like that's data-based. And what is the roadmap? I love your analogy. You need to know where you were to know where you need to go. But what do they use as the map? I mean, you just mentioned a couple of things, alerts. But it seems to me that you would have to have a strong technology platform in there. Absolutely. So I would say your analytic tools needs to be really robust, right? And and uh, most organizations, they attempt to leverage what they have internally. And a lot of that comes from uh, whatever EMR they're using, right? So there's specific reporting associated in your Cerner systems or your epics uh, of the world. And then some simply just use agnostic tools. Uh, you know, here at Infinix, we, we're, we're really, really good at what we do from an analytic perspective. And, um, you know, when we go in and do assessments, you know, we get that data from the client and, um, you know, kind of harnessing on those opportunities to say, OK, hey, looks like there's some opportunity here from a, a denial front or, you know, if we're looking at DNFB days and, you know, we go through it. If you think about that three component breakout of deficiency coding and the other component from a technical standpoint, we look at those specific things to say, okay, hey, look, you know, we we put targets within our analytic tools. Uh, we make assessments and recommendations based on uh, what we're able to utilize there. Uh, but what I would say is if you don't have a great business partner that have strong agnostic tools to be able to support your organization, I would, I would definitely lean on that as a solution, right? There's a lot of optimal things that can be done to really drive some results. So if we move to talk about tactical practices, you were just talking about the fact that payers are really leaning on tactical strategies to up their game. What about healthcare organizations uh, so they can get in front of the underperforming metrics if they've gone through the analysis process? 
Yep. So there, I would I would say uh, again, use my acronym, uh, DMAIC, Right? There needs to be a definition to to really get to an ultimate goal, uh, but know where you want to go again to as well. And so, to get in front of an underperforming metric, a pulling those stakeholders, you know, have some really solid analytics to drive what's not occurring in your world that you need to happen. You know, having those goals outlined within your KPIs are really, really important because you never can be effective if, you know, you're, you're experiencing a AR aging problem because you're not meeting timely filing. So everything you're submitting to the parent and uh, it meeting that criteria. And so you heard me throw out a couple um, nuggets earlier, like, you know, you don't have the appropriate tools to uh, prompt alerts. You know, when the wrong insurance is loaded and, you know, there's a, another insurance insurance that should be primary that would uh, deter uh, getting that claim to the primary, the, the appropriate primary pair on time. You know, you really have to jog through and really figure out who should be within the stakeholder setting, what tools you, you should leverage and what operational uh, features or enhancements should be made. Uh, to really drive the results, right? So, you know, people process and technology, get your gaps assessed where you think you may have opportunity, whether that's leaning on a bit, a new business partner or understanding, you know, what expertise you feel exists or does not exist within your organization uh, to really help drive those results. So, you know, those are a few pointers uh, that I see where an, if an organization is struggling with, um, with issues as such um, that can really help harness or, or promote uh, some betterment. I think get your gaps assessed is really the headline. <laughs> kind of jumps off the page, right? <laughs> that and needing a map. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go to the next question, I, I wanted to invite the, our attendees. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for joining us today. And if you have questions, please type them in the chat box and uh, we will get to them at the at the end of the uh, discussion, so can you can you go into a little bit of detail for us on who the stakeholders are? We've mentioned physicians and nurses, but who else do you think are the key stakeholders within, let's say, a, a, an acute care hospital? Absolutely, I, I think it's your uh, your CFOs or your C suite, uh, your presidents. Uh, definitely your finance team, uh, of course, right? They have a uh, real keen sense into your cost to collect, right? And or in terms of what services truly cost for that organization, right? To ensure that, hey, you're maximizing your reimbursement, but as well as being effective. And when you get to the the effective piece of the um, the stakeholder equation, that's when you bring in your clinical leaders, right? It's your your surgery directors. Uh, your physician offices are physicians, right? Because there are partners too where the, the actual order comes from there. And, and so there could be opportunities within, you know, complete that at the beginning from a scheduling front to make sure the, the best patient experience there, right? Because if you don't have patients, you don't have revenue. And so ensuring that best patient experience from a patient access front, that everything is being captured, uh, driving results there could be really critical to make sure that you're bolstering uh, your revenue, right? You know, so, you know, hypothetically, uh, a CFO will look at it and say, hey, look, you know, it looks like we 
performed, uh, you know, 1300 CTs last month. How do, how do we better that? How, we, how do we ensure that we're getting the best patient experience to get to 1500 if the capacity or bandwidth allows it? So serving your community. So everything has to click and work accordingly. And so, you know, you have to push, pull and drag your stakeholders to make sure you got a complete set to really uh, drive results. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what percent of the time do you see that you have all of those stakeholders at the table? <laughs> you know, uh, dragging, kicking and screaming, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and sometimes it's simply, you know, um, uh, passing that passing that physician or passing that office manager in the hallways, right? And say at the at the Starbucks or, or over a cup of coffee or something like that. But you know, making that outreach, but being effective to ensure that you know you have strong results or examples to provide is really key, right? Because you know you may approach them and you may find that hey, they're 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 not the stakeholder that should be there. It could be some system, some vendor they're using, et cetera, you know, some technical component or interface uh, driving an issue. So, you know, you would be surprised not having with having the examples, you know, how much you can uh, unarchive and really make some traction on the problem. Yeah, those are great examples. Thank you. We have a couple of questions, but I want to ask you one more. What are the parameters or the controls that you think should be considered when a hospital or a healthcare system wants to drive and sustain improvements that they may now be obtaining in these metrics after they've gone through these steps and tactics? Uh, meet frequently, right, with those stakeholders. Build relationships, and that's strategic, functional, and personal, right? I mean, I, I think, uh, again, you, you heard me use the, the phrase, it takes a village, and it truly does. And then leverage a strong business partner if you feel that that operational um, expertise doesn't exist as you do your gap assessment. And Phoenix, we're we're happy to to come out and look over your operations and and make some recommendations. So, but ultimately, develop a plan. I mean, you, you really have to have a plan and a goal that you would like to achieve based on where you think opportunity exists. Um, and then I would lastly would say. Uh, strong analytics are reporting. I think that is really truly, truly significant. I mean, you said it best. A lot of this is data-driven, driven, and if you don't uh, understand what's ailing or failing, it's really hard to, to understand where you need to go. Excellent. Thank you. So we have a question, uh, a couple of questions here. What would be the appropriate cadence to visit these metrics? I think that's that's a really important point. You know, uh, healthcare sometimes moves like a snail. And in addition to cadence, uh, are there any other factors that should be considered? Yeah, uh, for those core metrics that I mentioned, month to month is uh, is pretty standard. But I would also look, you know, quarter over quarter, right? You know, from an AR perspective, month to month is, is pretty key. Ash is daily. Nows would be monthly, right? Just to ensure that you're really inching in the right direction to uh, drive results. And then from a bad debt or charity perspective, um, I would also look at that as monthly as well. And then over time between your, your AR metrics, your cash, and your uh, compensated care metrics, you also want to look quarterly 
and annually to understand how you compared or, or performed against the previous year quarter, right? It just, you know, gives you perspective or insight to ensure that you're moving in the right direction. Absolutely. So here we have another question here. We've had a tough go of it since 2019 from a hospital standpoint. Any pointers on how to jumpstart AR with a severely reduced staff? Absolutely. We've definitely seen a, a lot of that, uh, both on the health system side and the payer side. You know, I would definitely say lean on a, on a, biz, a business partner. You know, we've, there's scale there. There's the optimization point of, hey, we've seen it all, done it all, been there before. And we can also share what works. So, you know, leverage a business partner where you've seen a reduction in, in workforce. Um, so we, we can definitely help with that. There's one more question here about the analytics that and some of the data that these tactics will produce for hospitals and healthcare systems. And the fact that as charity care has begun to increase in some states, the attorney generals are looking at those reports and they're asking why it's increasing. Can you give us any insight into how key metrics will help to answer those questions? Absolutely. Yeah, so so understanding, you know, you probably heard me mention earlier that, you know, patient responsibility even when a patient has um, has insurance. So the patient responsibility portion is increasing. So looking at rigor into your, your financial uh, counseling uh, program could be one of them, right? But understanding what that ratio of payer versus patient is based on, on what's being pushed to the patient is important, right? You can actually track uh, if you have really strong business analytics tools, uh, how much of that patient responsibility has has grown over time. And from there, right, you, you know, you could leverage if it's a pure self-pay patient, you know, are you really effective? You know, is your is your program going after the the Cobras, the the Medicaid conversions? How strong is that, right? Ensuring that if, if the patient financial counselor or the registration person is is going through a, a questionnaire up front, either electronically or manually to capture that, right? So some sort of follow-up can uh, see if that patient um, qualifies for a paying solution is there. Uh, so there's different things you could do to really help drive that, but the analytical piece needs to be there, right? And if those analytic pieces aren't there, right, look at a technical avenue because a bulk of our self-pay or, or um, that patient responsibility comes through your ED, right? I mean, it's unplanned oh, services where the patient didn't plan it on being there. And so, you know, you really need to kind of fine tune those areas to ensure you have the right controls, the people process and technology there to address it. Gateway to the hospital, that's where they all come in. And most Absolutely. of the surgeries, yeah. It's very, very important. Uh, is there anything that we have not covered talking about revenue cycle? Well, the, the high points, obviously. We could talk about it for a week, but. Uh, we're not going into another podcast. I feel like we've covered most, but if, if there's other questions out there, I'm truly happy to answer them. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. We've been talking with Omar Gray today, AVP of Acute Care Operations. We appreciate all your insights and your wisdom. 
And uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Deborah. Enjoy the time. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode is online. For more information for how we can help you increase reimbursements at your company, check out our website at infinix.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-X dot com.